0: so auger and friends back here and we uh, we did this uh lost podcast probably what was it a month ago or so maybe two months where we kind of previewed the movies of oh,
1: 2022 yeah we, yeah that was like that was a
0: couple months ago now i'm here with matt by the way hi i'm here we're not talking
1: about james bond
0: yeah well we will i'm sure but... <laughs> um so in that uh little podcast we did I didn't put it out because I felt like every movie we went through, we were just like, meh. Yeah, it was like, us
1: just reading movies going, I don't care. Yeah, we don't care. Yeah. That's
0: fine. Maybe there was like a handful of movies that each of us kind of had some intrigue behind. But when we brought this movie up, we were all going to go see it. Um, and But we were all kind of like doubting that this was going to be a legitimate Batman film. Uh,
1: I don't think anybody knew what to expect. We're talking
0: about the Batman, by the way.
1: Yeah, the nineteen sixty six film, the Batman, yeah, that's starring right. Adam West <laughs> and Burt Ward. Um, this, no, we didn't know what to expect. It, it, this is another movie that went through COVID hell. Yeah. And so they had to like stop and start production yeah. a bunch, which does not show at all in this movie. Right. Um. So
0: yeah, just nobody knew what to even think. Right. Um. You know. Uh, the dude from Twilight. And I know he's kind of redeemed his career since then. He's been in some great, like, indie movies. He's done a ton of indie stuff. He, I haven't seen any of those. Have I, you? No, not no.
1: I only watch James Bond films and dumb there comedies. So, no, I know people, like, real serious movie people say that he's actually a great actor. And he's not just Edward from Twilight. But to me, he's still Edward from Twilight. But
0: you're probably, your finger is a lot more on the pulse of the indie movies than the, even to me, for that's, sure. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, but like I know that like the Lighthouse is one he's very you know well I've heard the Lighthouse for. is amazing I'd yeah. like to see it I've right. heard he's an
1: he's an excellent actor right same thing with uh, with the other one uh, Kristen Kristen Stewart she played the sure. girl in Twilight yeah. apparently they both do just awesome movies yeah. I haven't really seen any of them but you know they're they're forever gonna be the Twilight people unfortunately
0: well like the Fifty Shades of Grey actor and actress I've heard mm-hmm. they've been good in other things too yeah. but I guess if you're just given shit to work with. It's not going to come out
1: properly, right? Yeah. Uh, ironically, Fifty Shades of Grey started as Twilight fanfic. Or did Twilight start as Fifty Shades of Grey fanfic? One of those two started yeah, as fanfic for Shades the Yeah, Fifty Shades was Twilight fanfic. Uh, okay, yeah. Weird, but whatever.
0: So. Uh, yeah, if you're given bad material. Anyhow. You, it's, what can you do? We see Edward as Batman in this, and we're like, yeah. man, I just, I, I don't know. Is this going to be like emo Batman?
1: Well, okay, the, the promotional stills, too, did, the early, the early promos did nothing to help it. Right. one of the first shots we got was of robert pattinson in his like weird emo eye makeup i think we were all like oh no what are they doing to batman this isn't good at all every like the riddler is played by a guy who looks 14 and not terrifying at all he's actually almost 40 i didn't realize that he's older than i thought yeah. um it,
0: uh colin farrell it was in a ton of prosthetics i think so It was just all this weird stuff so a long story short i, I mean i'm happy to come on this podcast um and say, boy, was I fucking wrong, dude! Yeah, <laughs> this movie is fucking incredible. Yeah, it is incredible. I was so wrong on everything. The Batmobile, when I first saw it, oh yeah, I was like, this isn't gonna cut it. No, it's, it's, a, I, it's it might be my favorite Batmobile in any movie. It's dude. It's so
1: cool. It's really good, and there's some other little <sighs> stuff in it that I like a lot. But I, I thought the same thing. I saw the Batmobile in a promotional still, and I'm like, uh, okay, I kind of see what they're doing. They're doing like. They're they're doing the 1966 Batmobile thing where it's like oh, a hot rod. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, eh, okay. The Batsuit, I thought it was the Batsuit looked, looked kind of good, but yeah, the Batmobile's super cool. I like it more than the Tumbler from the Nolan oh, movies Oh, for sure, yeah. dude. I think the 89 Batmobile in my head is still a little more... I, I was thinking that too when we were watching that scene right now. Yeah. But, um... I love this one though. It's every, every, everything. Everything worked. There's like only a few things i'm gonna complain about yeah so Uh, no uh no cgi action battles no blue laser shooting into the sky no faceless alien villains uh no bat nipples none of these
0: tropes that we've all gotten so used to
1: matt reeves
0: um from what i heard he was told the only thing that the studio was asking for is to keep this pg-13
1: yeah, and honestly, with a few little tweaks, this easily
0: could have been an R. It is a hard PG 13. Very hard. I was considering selfishly taking my kids to see this just so I can see it again. Thankfully, uh, <laughs> because my fiance is a saint, she made this work out so me and Matt could go see this again. Mm-hmm. And we saw a little kid in there, and we were like, absolutely, I should not have taken my kids no. to see this. That would have been a horrible decision.
1: This is pretty. Um... I don't know, it's interesting. It's it's a darker film, but it's not dark in the same way that like Batman Returns is dark, where it's kind of like Batman Returns is just like gross and weird. Right. This is dark in like a crime thriller sort of
0: way. This movie manages to be dark and gritty and somewhat realistic, but also probably being one of the most comic book Batman movies we've ever seen. It's very
1: comic booky. Yeah, it's true. I was thinking about that. Like it walks this line so perfectly where they're kind of doing the grounded in reality thing, but also there's some elements that are a little t- t- silly, um, but it does feel very comic booky, down to how like the city is designed and some of the tech is a little out there. But I like it. It feels the, like the Burton films don't feel like they're part of the real world, which is fine. The Nolan films felt a little too real at times like Gotham City just looks like Chicago in the, sure. in the Nolan films, because that's just where it was shot. Sure. Um, and here, it sort of, I think, strikes a really nice balance. It's a little comic booky, it's a little cartoony, but it's just real enough.
0: Obviously, we don't need to talk about the Schumacher Gotham City. Well, whatever, no, that just looks like, <laughs> I mean, that
1: just looked like 1994 CGI. That just looked awful, yeah, so no, yeah. there's no, we don't even need to discuss that, whatever that nightmare was. Um,
0: let's get into some spoilers. So if you haven't um, seen this, both of us are definitely highly recommending this, especially I think this is, there's a lot of elements of the comic books and the Batman animated series. Yeah. 100 percent
1: This reminds me so much of the animated oh, series. Oh yeah, yeah. For sure. There's, down to how it ends, which we'll talk about. But like yeah. I liked how the movie ended. It didn't just end how most Batman movies
0: end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's dive into this. Um The way it starts, like it's quiet. There's just a um, like a classical music uh, score being in, set in the background. It's a Ave Maria yeah. into
1: which sort of turns into the Riddler's theme. We should probably mention the score just right away. It's a just a masterwork of a score. It's it absolutely best, is best score I've heard in a long time. I've been listening to it on repeat for the last couple of weeks since it's been out. It's, yeah, it's so good. I,
0: I've been listening to it the last week since mm-hmm. we saw the film, and it's interesting. One thing I can say about the score, besides the fact that it just is an incredible accompanying piece to the, the scenes we're going to get into here. You can see influences from past uh, Batman filmmakers. There's yeah. a, there's an homage to this. Even the um, 1966 Batman film. Oh, really? I, I heard it when uh, he breaks in at the end through the roof. And they're playing this score. And you can hear kind of the bop, bop in the background. Oh, oh I got to go re But it's to just really it's mixed subtle, into yeah. the
1: background of it. It, 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 Absolutely. And uh, I was picking up around that same time, maybe a little bit after that, I was picking up some of the like, I hate to say it, but some of the '90s Schumacher music too. Mm. There was a little bit of that being worked in there. He was absolutely. This is this is Michael Giacchino, the guy who apparently doesn't sleep because he has scored like every film that's come out in the last few years. It's him and Zimmer just doing everything now. (laughs) Right. Uh, But he's done a bunch of stuff. He's did uh, his his first big thing, I think, was The Incredibles. He did just did Spider-Man: No Way Home.
0: He's doing a bunch of other stuff too. Uh, But yeah, absolutely, just wonderful score. I want to say he did Captain America too, the first Avenger. Okay. I'm not positive on that, but I, I think so. He's done a million things. Uh, I need to hear him do a Bond score at some point. But you hear some um, Nelson Riddle from the old Batman movie. You hear some Danny Elfman in there. Oh, totally. And I, I think that was obviously by design, yeah. you know. But um, so it starts with uh, the mayor of Gotham in his like skyrise condo. Well, first of all, somebody is watching them from across the street. Yeah. And you hear the heavy breathing going on. It's very voyeuristic. Right. And then uh, he's kind of pacing back and forth. And this there's a lot of horror movie elements to this as well. Yeah. As you, you know, he goes back and forth um, in frame. And then when he comes back around, you see the Riddler standing right behind him, just staring at him for a long time. Silently, just right
1: behind him. It's, the, the, the way it's shot, it's sort of because he wears glasses over his mask. And it's, it's just so, sort of his eyes are lit up, or his glasses are lit yeah. up, so it looks like he has glowing eyes. Right. It's very. We, oh, we didn't mention that, but like we all saw the early Riddler costume design well before the movie came out. And I, I, for one, was definitely like, "What are they doing here? I, this is this is too
0: much." This is well, the weird. purist in us wants to see the green jacket. I know. But see, then you see that in like J- the Jim Carrey one, and yeah. it's like, okay, maybe this, this is isn't going to work. Right? Yeah. This is ridiculous. <laughs> right, right. That actually
1: was a, a minor issue, I think, with with some of the Nolan films too, is that those were so grounded in reality that anytime Batman showed up, the movie started to look ridiculous. Sure. Because everything else was so hyper realistic. It's like, well, this guy looks insane. He's just in, in a crazy bat suit. Um, yeah. So I just, I, as much as I want to see him in the green jacket, I'm like, uh, I don't think it would have worked here. This is, it was great. He was, he's the Zodiac killer. That's all he is.
0: Exactly. That's exactly right. Well, there's more to, there's more layers to this as we'll go on. But, um, you you were saying it, this movie has a lot of nuance. Oh, was this filmed before the insurrection?
1: Yeah. Well, at least it was written before that.
0: It had to be written before that, yeah, right? Yeah, It's eerily, uh, like, uh, man. Boy. We'll, we'll get to that, Yeah, though. the end is uh, a little too realistic. <laughs> yeah, but um, so he hits a, a mayor over the head with a—it's uh, like a, um, a carpeting tool. We find out later on it's a carpet yeah. scraper or something right. like
1: that. Something you use to crimp
0: corners or whatever. Right. And then he starts pulling out tape, and then it cuts to uh, Robert Pattinson, uh, having like a watchman dialogue kind of yeah
1: yeah I, I, I thought it was very uh they, they were going for more of a detective story with this, which I appreciate because Batman's supposed to be a detective. I don't think any of the movies have really nailed that yet. so. Uh, I thought the voiceover was more of a throwback to like noir detective noir films yeah. you know where it starts with like the she blew into my office on a cold Tuesday morning that sort of thing <laughs> like he was he was yeah. doing that sort of thing uh, it was a little weird at first and then I I, I I
0: liked it once I got what they were doing I was like okay I like this the voiceover's different I know one of the um, inspirations for this story was The Long Halloween yeah. which is a, um, a famous Batman story I, I, I don't think I've read that but I believe it has something to do with Scarecrow? I've heard of I've heard of it. I've never read it. Possibly the Riddler, but I don't know. Okay. Um. Anyhow, uh, what this movie manages to do better than any Batman movie we've ever seen, in my opinion, is just show the sheer terror that the criminal element has of the Batman. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like they're out running amok. I actually um. I wrote this down because it was a it was a direct quote from the movie that I wanted to mention. Um, let me see if I can find it. But anyhow, uh, the criminals are kind of out running amok, and uh, here it is. Uh, he says, we have a signal now for when I'm needed. They think I'm hiding in the shadows, but I am the shadows. And when that light hits the sky, it's not just a call, it's a warning. So, and this is where we get into the first bit of this score from, um, how do you say his name? Giacchino. Giacchino. I was yeah. only saying Giacchino or something. So, some so was I.
1: He has it in his like in his, in his his Twitter page. He has oh, it spelled like, out, spelled out Giacchino. 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 So he must be sick of hearing Giacchino, because I've been calling him Giacchino forever, too. And then I so, about
0: that. it's showing all the city, right? And he's saying, I have to pick my targets carefully. I can't be everywhere. It's a big city, but mm-hmm. they don't know where I am. Where I'm gonna be?
1: We're cutting to and from different criminals doing criminally things, and it's night, and so they just look towards the shadows, get scared, and run away. It's just that over and over again. Yeah, so they don't know where he's gonna pop up. They're
0: committing acts of crime. There's a guy that robs a convenience store at gunpoint. Yeah, steals money. Guys are tagging walls and shit. Then the signal hits the sky, and it's like the mood just changes, and it's you get the fucking chills the first time. Because the score is also perfectly accompanying um, the tension. So, it's, this criminal is like running, right? And he looks up and sees the bat signal. And then you can see him starting to breathe heavy. And he's <laughs> looking, right? And it's just showing this zooming shot of a dark alley. Yeah. And then it zooms into the criminal's face. And he is just fucking terrified. <laughs> and it's so awesome how yeah. they do that, dude.
1: The, this. It, this nails how scary Batman is. Yes. Well, he has a, okay. Batman has a has an arc in this movie too himself. Yes. Which is unusual because right. he starts out just trying to be an element of terror, and they are truly afraid. This movie absolutely shows that better than any other Batman movie, and I think does Gotham better than any other Batman movie. Yeah. You, you you really believe this is a city that is falling apart, that's complete chaos, and it's just dirty and filthy, and and yeah, and everything's awful. Everything's run by crime. Like, Batman Begins kind of did that, but then by the time the Dark Knight rolls around, Batman, like I said, just looks like Chicago. It just looks like a normal, normal yeah, city. Like, you don't. It's like, okay, yeah, we get it. It's a big rundown city, but you don't get the vibe that it's that bad. This city is—Gotham is that bad in this movie.
0: Yeah, the first time he appears, uh, there's like a group of thugs, and they're trying to kind of make this other guy earn his wings— They chase a
1: dude off the train. They're they're doing the thuggy thing where they just run around and punch people and film it for no reason. Yeah, (laughs)
0: just just do that. But the the first appearance of him, Mm -hmm. of Batman, they're looking in a dark hallway. And all the other criminals have looked in these dark spots so far. No one's been there. But then you just hear these slow footsteps. And he just slowly emerges from the shadows, right? The dude, like, takes out a machete. And there's just no fucking fear on his face whatsoever, and, I mean, he beats the fuck out of yeah. this first guy. I, you know, I was I was
1: thinking the other day, I was going to say, you know, it's interesting that Batman doesn't actually kill anybody in this movie. Because normally Batman kills, you know... The especially, whole, the <laughs> like especially the Ben Affleck one. Especially the Ben Affleck one. He's just a straight-up murderer. There's always been this cognitive dissonance in, in Batman movies because it's like, well, Batman's not supposed to kill. And right. he's like, I don't use guns. But then he's always has, like, M-80s and stinger missiles on the Batmobile just <laughs> murdering people but as yeah. long as he doesn't pull a trigger and I was going to say in this movie Batman kills no people but some of these
0: headshots I'm pretty sure killed some people because he he hits so hard in this film the extra two shots on the ground uh, I guess where they asked him who are you uh-huh. and he says vengeance yeah he ad-libbed that oh really Robert Patt. I guess Robert Pattinson grew up a huge Batman fan interesting went and saw every single one of these opening day when they came wow. out so that kind of lends to it as well. I know Ben Affleck was too. But just Zack Snyder's... I liked Ben Affleck as Batman. I didn't see any of him. I heard he was very good. But this is just another world, dude. Yeah. The, the way everything surrounding uh, the lore with mm-hmm. this is just was so
1: masterfully done. It was so good. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just I'm not a Zack Snyder fan. I make no secrets of that. I just don't think this stuff's very good <laughs> at all. Um, but, but yeah, I, I heard Ben Affleck was good. I mean that's how this movie started. This movie originally started production as a Ben Affleck solo Batman yeah. movie, and it just morphed over years. That's it just so finally crazy. morphed
0: into this. He was supposed to write this, and Matt Reeves was going to direct that's it right. with him as Batman. Yeah. And I heard a lot of it was going to be centered around Arkham Asylum. Mm. And I don't know what happened. There was a studio riff, whatever, but they just went a different direction. I think Ben Affleck was finally just like, "I'm fucking done with this whole thing. I don't want to do this anymore.
1: Well, I'm going to go date J Lo on a boat, and I'm they, not yeah. going to do this Batman." They
0: shit, shit. the bed too on. Um, you know Batman versus Superman. Oh. The Justice League we originally got yeah. was terrible, right? Um, and there's that, there's that, I do not say terrible, but it was, it was whatever.
1: There's that, know? there's that famous video of Ben Affleck right after uh, Batman v Superman came out where he's just like staring into the darkness. It's <laughs> just like so sad. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd say hello, darkness. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah, so bad. Anyway, it yeah, became a meme, dude. Yeah, and it, sad, Ben Affleck. Um, um, but I don't know, I don't know how that how this movie went from that to this, but oh, I'm so glad it did. I'm surprised about the vengeance line because that he ad libbed that because it's such a that becomes the theme of the whole movie. Absolutely, is Batman learning that you can't you know just murdering people on the street isn't actually a way to change the city. I thought for sure what they were going to do is because that was the big trailer line. It was Batman saying, "I'm vengeance." I thought they were going to drop in, I'm Batman. That it was going to be like a misdirect, but no. He's just, he's vengeance. And they call him vengeance. People call him vengeance in this movie. Yeah, It's like his nickname.
0: Yeah, it's between that and the, and the Batman. And the Batman, yeah. yeah. They call him vengeance a lot. Um, I guess Matt Reeves had Robert Pattinson in mind for this role the entire time, which is crazy. What vision, dude? Because I would have never saw that. You know what? Kudos to him because he saw something nobody else did. Fuck I, no.
1: I, if you, I mean, I guess we... We should have learned this lesson. I mean, uh, this exact same thing happened with uh, uh, Keaton in 89 Batman. Everybody's yes. like, oh, that'll never work. And everybody said Clooney wouldn't work either. They were right about that one. Well, yeah. But, uh,
0: <laughs> you know, I, I hey, good for him. He saw something nobody else did. Pattinson was like full on asking Matt Reeves, "Oh, what's going on with the Batman? Like, Oh, really? He so actually he was- took a selfie of him in the costume. It's just in case it didn't work out, so he could say oh, I was in this costume. Oh, that's great! Yeah, one so point. He's a real—he's a real fan. Oh
1: yeah, big time. Oh wow, you know what? I, I I respect him for doing it. Knowing he's a fan makes sense because once you've been typecast as one thing, which he for sure has, I'm surprised he wanted to go back into that world and go like do another big franchise like this. But yeah. I have a feeling this is going to be a franchise too. This thing's going to make all the money oh, in yeah. the world, and we're definitely getting two or three more of these.
0: So he, yeah, I got it right here. Matt Reeves pulled this uh, a lot of influence from Batman Ego, Batman Year One, and Batman The Long Halloween. So those are the three story arcs he kind of took inspiration from here. I mean, it literally
1: takes place on Halloween, so. Yeah. Or at least the opening. It, it, we actually know how long this movie takes place over. It's only like six days or something like that. It's very, or a week, it's very short.
0: Um. So anyhow, after the scene with the thugs, we go to the mayor uh dead yeah and it's yeah, funny. to
1: beat some people up and then we have a scene where he's sort of being a detective again he's working with the police kind of and
0: it's great too because it, the first shot you get is just of jim gordon uh his back yeah which we'll talk about him in a minute but he's walking through the hallway and all the cops are kind of got these reactions on their face like what the fuck and then it cuts to the front, and Batman is behind Jim Gordon walking into the crime scene. <laughs> this is something we never really saw too much in any of the other Batman movies, but it happened a lot in the animated show.
1: Oh, yeah, he works with the police in the exactly. animated series. And I like that, I like that here. I like uh, One of the things I didn't like about uh, the, the way Nolan handled it was that Batman was constantly the enemy. The police were always out for him, Yeah. Um, except for a really small group. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that was always a shame because he is a detective. He, he works
0: with cops. And he is a detective in this movie. Oh, this is, this is Detective Batman. He's 100% a detective. Here's something else that I really fucking love about this movie. Anymore, any other superhero movie? Like, this is such a breath of fresh air, and I am a Marvel fan. I am an MCU <laughs> fan, I mean, that's for sure. But yeah. goddamn, dude, I'm getting tired of the formula, getting tired of the superhero shots. Where they take their masks down unnecessarily to get FaceTime. <laughs> Robert Pattinson, I shit you not, is Batman like 95% yeah. of this movie. This is a Batman movie. That mask and that costume barely comes off. No, barely. I mean, and that's another point you hit on. The Nolan films, I feel like the villains were the stars of those films yeah, most they, of the time. They were. Um this is a Batman movie. This is fully a Batman movie. You the know? Nolan
1: films, and I love the Nolan films, not-, not It's not a out. Bruce Wayne
0: movie. Well, they're kind of one and the same in this. They really, yeah, that's the thing.
1: So normally in Batman movie, there's there's like two characters and you, you could even say three versions of Batman. There's like Batman, Bruce Wayne, which are two very distinct characters. Um, and then he sort of changes his personality based on who he's interacting with. This movie is, he's Batman like 90 plus percent of the time. And really, when he takes the mask off, Bruce Wayne kind of just acts like Batman.
0: Robert Pattinson said on his Batman, Bruce is obsessed in being Batman. He has no desire being Bruce and just wants to join, just wants to throw it away. For him, being Batman is like a strange kind of therapy. He thinks this is the way he can save himself by living in this kind of Zen state as Batman, where it's just pure instinct and no emotional baggage. It feels like he has a death wish going out at night I always get the impression that he wants to keep recreating the night when his parents died. In this, in his mind, every single person he is fighting is the person who killed his parents. That's why he hits so hard. That's a great way to look at <laughs> it, too. That's a great way of looking at it, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the most logical thing you can think of when the motivations for, why would somebody do this? Right. You know what I mean? Why would somebody, oh, oh,
1: that's, oh. Another thing I loved about this movie, why would somebody do this? We get no explanations about any of this. We don't get in it. We don't. It's not an origin. Story. It's great. It, it's it's perfect. I'm yeah. sick of origin stories. We 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 don't see him building. Well, we kind of see him tinkering with the Batmobile, but he's got his tech. It's not really explained how he got all this. It doesn't really matter. Uh, he's just Batman.
0: But Absolutely. That's, yeah,
1: but that's great motivation. I I, I love that. It, it makes a lot of sense. And yeah, he is he's Batman the whole time. He's not anybody else. It's even said at the end. The Riddler says when they're having their interrogation scene at the end. He says, "You just this is who you are." i got to
0: bring this up, too, because you'll get a kick out of this. So when Ben Affleck was set to star and direct, the villain of the film would have been Deathstroke, played by Joe Magalino, and the screenplay would have promptly featured Arkham Asylum. Matt Reeves had actually enjoyed the original script that Ben Affleck had been preparing, comparing it to a James Bond film.
1: Oh, damn it, now I want that. (laughs) (laughs) Give me... Oh, no, okay, well, all
0: right. Somebody just mail me that
1: script so I can read it.
0: Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, um, also the Riddler has left a, a a letter for Batman. Yes, and it's the first like riddle. Mm-hmm. Then we get back to the Batcave, and this is where we see um, Andy Circus for the first time playing Alfred. Yeah, who I thought did a great. Everybody in this movie did a great job. There's
1: nobody nobody bad is in this movie. No. I,
0: I I there wasn't one performance that I,
1: I there was some I liked more than others, but I think everybody was pretty much firing on Jim all Gordon.
0: Cylinders. Jim Gordon. Get the Bond, get the okay, bond connection, dude. Get do. it
1: out of the way. Uh, Jim Gordon is. Jim
0: Felix Gordon? Yeah,
1: Jim Felix Lighter Gordon. <laughs> uh, Jim Gordon, he's not Commissioner Gordon yet. He's Lieutenant Gordon. Yeah. I assume he'll be Commissioner Gordon soon. Well, yeah. He's played by uh, 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 Jeffrey Wright, yeah.
0: who was, of course, Felix Lighter during the Daniel Craig tenure. There, it's out. It's done. He's a great actor, but there's yeah. one thing he does that is, is kind of funny. He always kind of tilts his head or moves his head. And has certain inflections on the way he delivers lines. He does. He does have a weird inflection.
1: I've never noticed the head thing. I'll look for that next time. Yeah. He does have a weird sort of intonation when he delivers some lines. Yes.
0: Yeah. He does it as Felix. He's too. fantastic, though. He's great. He's so good, and it wor- This he he makes this role work. Ext- I think he's maybe the best Jim Gordon, and that's that's going up against Gary Oldman. Yeah. I think I might need another movie uh, to determine that. Yeah. He's definitely better than the fucking bloke that played him in the first three or the, four batman the, movies the drunk irish guy
1: yeah. like, oh batman's here oh good okay okay bye yeah we're leaving now uh, he's also another, another there, there's so much of everything in this movie except andy circus he for some reason gets nothing to do but everything else like jim gordon is not in this movie for five minutes he's in it so much yeah. we should also point out this movie's three hours long and it didn't feel like it, it doesn't me. feel it but it also uses its time there's not a lot of padding. It's, there's really something going on in every scene.
0: Keep in mind that this is Matt talking, who, once he found out that Spider-Man was two hours and 45 minutes, said, fuck this. I said, fuck all of that, I'm <laughs> not and You've now through. seen this movie twice. Yeah, why, because I
1: didn't want to sit in a theater with a bunch of rock-hard nerds getting off to three <laughs> Spider-Mans on screen for three hours.
0: That was Lewis, for sure. Oh,
1: I, yeah, no, I know. We're,
0: like, oh, so epic, they're all fighting. <laughs> I liked that Spider-Man movie, but yeah. I did not get the excitement out of it that Lewis did. I heard legitimate
1: arguments from nerds on the internet. I assume that this movie should have been like no. nominated for Oscars. Fuck all the no, way no, off. I the don't think Come so. on, it's never happening.
0: I don't think so. Anyway, wasn't the um, No Time to Die was close to three hours too? Wasn't yeah, it? That was two
1: forty-five or something like yeah. that. Look, in general, I these movies got to get cut down. Sure, uh, it, it, these these blockbusters are getting out of hand. I thought this one and same with no time to die. I think no time to die was pretty brisk it moved along well. Like if you're going to really use all that time, great, but editing is not dead. I think in this movie for the most part everything was in there for a reason.
0: Yeah, but, but there's meat on the bones with those movies. Yeah. Most there superhero is right. movies yeah, is just exactly. Pew
1: pew pew. Right. If your movie if your superhero movie is 2 hours and 40 minutes and the last hour is just CGI aliens shooting at each other. (laughs) You don't need to be two hours and 40 minutes. Keep it a tight two hours, (laughs) alright? We don't need any of that shit. And No Time to Die, they were, I mean, No Time to Die was cramming in three movies worth of stuff in one film. This has a whole lot going on. Every character gets a ton of time. One of my predictions coming into The Batman, which was completely wrong, was that Colin Farrell, my prediction was Colin Farrell was going to be one of the best things in the movie, which he was. You know who they originally had? You
0: know who originally was pegged for the Penguin? Fucking Jonah Hill! (laughs) I'm so glad that didn't happen. Jonah, oh, that's right. Yeah, forgot about that.
1: Jonah Hill. Yeah. Uh, no, it's. No, Colin Farrell is. I just to touch on that. He's he's so good. Uh, He's completely unrecognizable. Honestly, he looks more like Danny DeVito than Danny DeVito did in the original Batman, where he was the Penguin. Yeah. I got I got Danny DeVito vibes from him in this one.
0: Yeah, but he didn't have a flipper, and you know. Oh yeah,
1: that's the other thing. Catwoman in this movie is not a magical cat and the penguin in this movie is not an actual penguin with flippers and eating fish <laughs> like in Batman Returns, a movie I hate. <laughs> oh, shit. Burton, Burton went to see this movie and he was like, oh, that's
0: what they are.
1: Oh, I get it.
0: <laughs> um, there were some other actresses up for um, the role of Catwoman too. And one of them was Anna Doramas from No oh. Time to Die. Yeah. That may have been interesting. I'm Sure. That would that, have been great. That being said, again, Zoe Kravitz did a, a great job in was, this role.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, we're not. I'm not tossing her aside. She's really
0: fantastic. Yeah, and, and not only that, but they didn't shy away from the sexuality of this character. Not at all. Which like she is on top of Batman multiple times. It's honestly a breath of fresh air because they're really trying to like not go there these hmm. days. But if you read the comics and, and even the animated series, this character kind of exudes sexuality so you know she's calling batman hun and baby and all these kinds of things in the film um she is grinding on top of him at one point absolutely basically but that, i mean that is the character yeah totally. that is the character so it, it
1: reminded me of the of the um animated series catwoman obviously that was a cartoon so it wasn't you know crazy but even that character still had like asexuality it. sure yeah um no wonder everyone our age is kind of messed up in the head <laughs> We grew up with these cartoons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they didn't shy away from it at all. I thought it was it was great, and her and Robert Pattinson
0: have legitimate chemistry. You know something you'll never see in a kids' cartoon these days is uh, is guns, oh, real yeah, guns. Yeah. yeah, and in that animated show, there were Tommy guns firing, yeah. and <laughs>
1: real guns yeah. with bullets. Batman was launching rockets out of the Batmobile. Yeah, I mean, that, oh, that was one of the things that struck me as very very comic booky. Everything Batman owns is extremely bulletproof. Which I'm, I'm totally fine with. It. That's I'm fine with whimsy in my comic book movies. It's, it's fine. Well, there were a few times, too, he clearly would have died. Oh, he takes a full shotgun blast to the gut at one point, and he just sort of flies back and then gets up. Well, and then the
0: recovery time there, like, all of a sudden he's fine, you know? Yeah, but again, it's a comic book movie. I'm fine with it's it. Fucking it's fucking okay. nitpicking. It's if, absolutely nitpicking. We're nitpicking.
1: If, if Iron Man can fall out of the sky at a million miles an hour and slam into the ground and not be human soup, then Batman can be a little too bulletproof. It's
0: fine. Well, that that you know, uh, uh, one of the first scenes where like I'm like, wow, this really is not for kids. Besides the dead body with the missing finger in in the apartment, they go, they find out that the riddle is drive. So they go to the mayor's car, And Aston Martin, And Aston Martin, a lot of Bond references oh, there's here. Bond re- yeah, there is. They go into the thing, and Batman just looks at Jim Gordon and pulls out a, a USB, yeah. and he's like. Thumb drive, and it's the fucking mayor's thumb attached to the USB drive.
1: (laughs) It's creepy, and that's that's a good example too. Something I wanted to bring up. That was a funny scene. It gets, it got. We saw this twice. It got a laugh out of both crowds. Yes, but this movie doesn't. This movie has funny moments, but it doesn't have like stupid jokes. None of that. No, yeah, which
0: is great. These, the humor is, it's placed perfectly. Mm -hmm. In the Marvel movies, there will be like. They'll be at, like, someone's funeral, and then someone will crack wise or whatever. Especially the Thor movies. They really got into that, dude, towards the end. Um, you know, the humor just got to be too much, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Um,
1: well, you under, you're constantly undercutting your own tension Absolutely with the, with the stupid joke.
0: It just takes all the impact out of the yeah. scenes we're trying to go for.
1: There was none of that in here. There was funny moments. There was funny things. But there was none of that dumb, cheap... Humor. Absolutely. There was moments they could have done it too. There were moments where I was like, uh, "I sense
0: a stupid joke coming," but it never did. And the thing about Batman in this, I don't know how tall Robert Pattinson is. I was going to bring this up. He's hulking in this in this movie. And I'm not short shaming anybody out there. Well, I'm very short. So. Well, okay, but you know, Michael Keaton was probably five eight. Yeah. You can tell when you watch those movies oh, again. Well, yeah. He looks six foot six in these movies.
1: I know I've seen him in interviews and or stuff, in and this movie. He is a bigger he is a bigger guy. Like he's he's bigger than I thought he was. Maybe again because I only think of him as Edward from Twilight. Mm-hmm. I just think of him as this like scrawny dude. Right. Um. But he is
0: he looms over everybody in this movie. He he definitely got bigger for this film. But I guess he refused to juice. He did. Which all these other Marvel guys, you know, they're on the gas, yeah. dude. <laughs> There's he, no way. He, he 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 definitely
1: puts some muscle on, but not a ton. Um, but he looked really good. And I, Absolutely. I mean, he has one shirtless scene in the movie, and he did say going into that he, like, he said he was counting his water for like days. Um, but he doesn't look he doesn't look all roided up. He doesn't look like Kumail Nanjiani, who you know, turned from flab to fab in like four months. Chicken broccoli and rice. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, just chicken broccoli yeah. and rice and push-ups. ups Like, oh, you you liar. Bullshit. You have, you have veins coming out of your ears,
0: sir. So these are all the uh, femme fatales that were up for Catwoman. Okay. Isaac Gonzalez. Do you know who that is? Nope. Okay. She's in that new ambulance movie with Michael Bay. Oh. Great. She's been in some other things. Anna DeRamos, as we talked about. Hannah John Kamen. I don't know who that is. Nathalie Emmanuel. I don't know who that is. No idea. Alicia Vakander. I know okay. who she is. Yep. yep. That could have been interesting. Sure. But honestly, um, the only person I could see maybe being better in this role than Zoe Kravitz, and that's a maybe, is yeah. Anna DeRamos.
1: Yeah, and even that's a maybe because you just don't know. I mean, she is.
0: She's gorgeous, she's but on great. top of that, she's also a fantastic actress. Oh, she's a great actress. Yeah. Well, I think
1: also we now... When this movie started shooting, she was a little more unknown because this have started shooting right when um, Knives Out came out, which was kind of, I think, her first... Ba- like Yeah, big, kind of breakout role. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's done a bunch of stuff. Blade Run-
0: she was in Blade Runner as well. She was in Blade Runner 2049, which, you know... All Not four, a huge role, though. All
1: 14 people that saw it thought she was excellent. <laughs>
0: <movie>. <laughs> Come on, dude. That um, did no, all right. I heard it was great. I heard it was
1: great. I heard it was great. It just, you know, yeah. didn't do great. Uh, and then... Uh, we saw her in No Time to Die play a role very similar to Catwoman, an agent, sleek, sexy, sure, in a great dress. Sure. Um, obviously not a, a villainess, but still, yeah, I could have totally seen it. But not taking nothing away from Zoe Kravitz because she's great. Yeah, she so she, she was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so now this leads Batman to the club called uh, was it the the iceberg, the
1: iceberg lounge. As, when I saw iceberg, the first thing I thought was like, are they going to work Mister Freeze into this somehow? How I'm going to get to that. Okay. Remind me to circle oh. back to that. Oh,
0: okay. This is breaking news. Um, He goes and just knocks on the door. Yeah. And the guy, I love this. The guy opens the door and Batman just looks up and goes, you know who I am? The guy's like, yeah, I got an idea. He's like, I want to talk to the Penguin. And I fucking love that everybody in these movies are just called, that's the Riddler. Yeah. That's the Penguin. Did there is question. no, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. There's no like what they did in, in Dark Knight Rises where they tell you that Robin is Robin in the last 20 seconds of the movie. Yeah. Because they're
0: too embarrassed by it. This guy comes out and he's like, better get out of here before that suit gets a bunch of blood on it. And he's like, well, my blood or your blood. And then just proceeds to beat the shit out of everybody. Everybody in the thing. This is a very
1: John wick yeah. like fight club scene. Yeah.
0: The action is stellar. The action oh, is, is
1: really, really well done. That was a knock that I think a lot of people had against the Nolan films is that... Nolan can't—he doesn't shoot action very well. Right, he shoots it very shaky because he doesn't really know what to do with it. Especially this,
0: like hand-to-hand combat. Especially
1: hand-to-hand, it's always really kind of a mess. And this is very John Wick: wide shots, well choreographed, um, really nice to watch. Also, uh, uh, we've been saying things that Batman says in this movie, and we should point out that Robert Pattinson's Batman voice is pretty—it's is, very good. I like it.
0: He's just a-, a little deeper few times he kind of channeled Christian Bale, Yes. But not the, very much. Not
1: very much. Definitely in the uh, uh, interrogation with the Riddler. He started to go into a little bit of the, is well, not thing. only that,
0: but I've noticed this with him and Christian Bale, Robert Pattinson's British, correct? Yes. Okay. Christian Bale is New Zealand. I want to say Australian or New Zealand. Something. Okay. But what they've kind of got like similar uh, speech patterns. Yeah. They cannot say psychopath. Oh. If you watch, if you watch <laughs> The Dark Knight, and you watch this, they both say psychopath.
1: I remember, <laughs> I, I remember uh, 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 Christian Bale saying, he's a psychopath." Yeah, like psychopath. Like, psychopath. Yeah, he cannot like, say psycho. That's weird. Oh, that's so weird. Anyway, you're
0: gonna have to ask your dad to say psycho for me. Yeah. We use <laughs> the psychopath.
1: Is, a, is it maybe this is a British thing? I don't know. Yeah. yeah.
0: Psychopath. I've noticed it with both of them though. Oh, how weird. He was just
1: like, "You're a psychopath." <laughs> and we go, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> what was yeah. that word? Yeah. <laughs> but um he sounds good though and also he um his voice changes depending on the person he's talking to which i really like it's like the more he trusts you the lighter his voice is
0: that's true because
1: he has a very soft-spoken voice bruce wayne is very soft-spoken so when he's talking to gordon he's very kind of mild and soft-spoken and then when he's talking to the cops he gets a little growlier and then at the end he goes full christian bale with the riddler this, he wants to beat him up.
0: This is our first exposure, though, to Colin Farrell as the Penguin, and goddamn... Yeah. First of all, he's unrecognizable. Yeah. I mean, they did a fantastic job. It's, it's a good example of how, like,
1: when it's appropriate to use prosthetics to... Um, enhance a character i didn't see the house of gucci but everyone's been making fun of um jared leto because apparently i've seen some clips from it and it's pretty bad because he he turned himself into an elderly italian man for that movie oh yeah and he just and, and it, it was, he was clearly doing like oscar bait because he walks around going like i'm gonna have a spaghetti and a meatball oh, it so kidding me? it's so bad it's yeah yeah i'll send you some clips it's so bad but emma was just
0: talking to me about that movie actually oh, really? we, we were gonna watch it but um I heard... did you have, did you watch it or no Oh yeah, I heard mean, it was okay. Well, we're also making our way through two shows at the same time. Yeah, so. I know you're going back and forth. Yeah. Anyhow, um, he's pretty much like the biggest source of comic relief in this movie. Yeah, he's fun, but again, he's funny
1: without being uh, jokey. If that makes sense, he's a funnier guy because he's doing the gangster like yeah. talk. He's talking like a 1950s gangster in the whole thing.
0: Yes, but he's that's... good
1: at it. It's it's good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's kind of the essence of the character of the Penguin too. Mm-hmm. Again, Tim Burton—he's not a fish. He's not a fish. Like the Penguin is a gangster yeah. in the comics. You he's know, a, he's called the Penguin because he is
1: a gangster. Who dresses dapper, who he's resembles- He's a short kind of fat dude, yeah. He's a short squat guy, yeah. he's a fat guy, and when he gets all dolled up, he looks like a penguin. He's not an actual penguin to right him. He doesn't have flippers. Right. I know this is a thirty year old problem at this point, so who cares? But uh, like <laughs> come on. Yeah. Anyway, but he wasn't he was and he, yeah. They didn't make him they didn't make him gross or anything like that. He's just he's just a fat gangster. Exactly. And he was great. He's so good. And he's in it a ton. I'm actually excited for his show. He's getting his own HBO Max show. Oh, he is? He is. And I knew that going into it. And that's why I thought, oh, he's going to be in this for like five years. Is this he's a Gotham a PD promo. show? No, they're doing two different things. Okay. Which I'm a little... Look, my skepticism was not warranted for this film. But I'm still... Anytime you go into a movie and you're already like, oh, we're going to do this spin-off TV show and this spin-off TV show, it's like, uh, slow down. Just. Ro- Robert Pattinson has signed up for three of these. Oh, really? Yeah good I want three
0: of these they're gonna make another one this movie's making a killing dude
1: this is I mean these days it's actually the only shocking thing about this is that it hasn't been greenlit for a sequel already yeah that was kind of surprising one other surprising thing about this too is that uh the budget on this at least last time I looked was a hundred million dollars which is comically low for a movie like this these days really yeah wow the dark the budget for the Dark Knight was 190 million, that was 14 years ago. So adjusted for inflation, it's, you know, whatever, 220 or something.
0: Well, a blue laser in the sky must cost a fortune. That's, well, that's the thing,
1: those are very expensive. <laughs> blue
0: lasers are very expensive. But a lot of this movie's practical,
1: which yeah. I also really appreciate. There's only a couple of CGI things and they were very brief and they were fine.
0: And there's no Batwing, there's no Bat-sub. No, there's none of that stuff. Um, you know, so, but the gadgets are there. A ton of gadgets. The it's gadgets fun. are there.
1: Yeah. Batman. It, it, Going back to the like cartoony 1966 Batman thing, where he just like always has something in his tool belt. Like if Batman encounters a, a cheetah, he'll be like, "Don't worry, Robin, I have my anti-cheetah bat spray," and then pulls that out of his belt. That happened a couple times in this movie where he just like pulls stuff
0: out of nowhere, and it's like, well where'd that come from?" Well, didn't We talked about all the Batmans up to um, the Schumachers. Yeah. We talked about 66 Batman, right? Yeah, we did. Dude, the best one is when the shark. <laughs> Gets sugar on him he's like, spray. I need the shark repellent <laughs> bat spray. Hand me down the shark repellent
1: <laughs> bat spray.
0: Yeah. It's uh, so
1: good. Yeah, it's great. There's Oh, the show. Have you seen the show?
0: Yes. Oh. Many times. Okay,
1: yeah. I mean, there's just, there's, every episode has something ridiculous in it where it's like Batman will be like, I'm glad I have my full body armor, Robin, in my, in my back pocket. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's 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 crazy. I, but I, I was, again, it's a superhero movie. It's a Batman movie. I'm fine with him pulling random
0: shit out of nowhere. Absolutely. Uh, so this, we get our first introduction to Catwoman here, Selena Kyle. The chemistry between these two is magnetic. Yeah, they it's want to so bone so good. Immediately. <laughs> I guess they're good friends though, like years before this. Oh, okay, okay. So I think there's a familiarity there, which which kind of lends itself to the screen, you know?
1: It does, because it's their chemistry is immediately, it's great.
0: And Zoe Kravitz is with uh, Jason Momoa now, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Aquaman. Yeah, get it, Aquaman. Is this in the DCU? They sure made it seem like that in that little preview in the beginning. Oh, none of that matters. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Who gives a shit? Well, uh, I think Flash is going to be like the uh, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. It's going to be the same kind of... Because Keaton's coming back, right? Is uh, yeah, Batman. Yeah, I And yeah. Batflick.
1: There's so many Batmans. Uh, uh, Keaton should be only... This is a side thing. Keaton should only be coming back for one reason, and that is to do Batman Beyond. To give us a Batman Beyond movie. Agreed. He's the right age. It would make total sense. Take a young... Do that, but they're not going to do that because whatever. Um, uh, okay, there is an answer for this. The answer is no. It is not in the DC EU, whatever they've they have, they have said. This is a the DC EU. <laughs> yeah, the DC, whatever it is, this the European is Union. The, the, the DC. Comics? I thought it was the ex, a DC Extended Universe. Oh, is that what it is? I okay. think so, I could be wrong. I don't pay attention to this stuff. Okay. The, no, it is, but no, it is not. It is a separate standalone thing. Um, okay, but yeah, like you said, the Flash is doing his flashy thing now, so none of these rules matter if they change their mind down the line. Please don't do that, though. I that's the one thing I don't want to see. I don't want to see the Flash show up in this movie ever.
0: I don't either because I, I can't like, stand that guy. Batman, as a Flash. You're, you're needed on Earth
1: fourteen. Black Superman, and that doesn't gay, work for the but gay Aquaman or.
0: When I tell you about problems, Matt Reeves' comments about a second movie here, uh-huh. I don't know how they're going to make that work. I'll just talk about it right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm curious. I, have no, I don't know none of this. He wants to do Mr. Freeze. Oh, so I was right. They, that, yeah. that was a Mr. Freeze reference. So, I'm just curious. Like, huh. the, the thought that I had was... We're jumping ahead here, but the city ends up flooding at the end. Yeah. Underwater. So does Freeze come in and, like, freeze the city? But then that just doesn't... God, but then we're doing... Then we're doing Schumacher stuff. But I have faith in this now, dude. So do I. because so do I, yeah they made it work yeah you know so I, I just don't know like
1: Mr. Freeze is such a silly villain sure so how do you make that but think
0: about how the animated show made him yeah it's true. he was fantastic in that and heartbreaking too yes tragic I, I actually
1: saw that episode not that long ago maybe six months ago and it's okay. like a heartbreaking episode Absolutely. yeah so they're yeah a mad scientist who wants to save his wife and will do anything for it Right. Victim of a tragic accident. I don't know, they'll figure it out. It's it's I have faith at this point.
0: Yeah. It's not gonna be fucking Arnold, dude. He's not doing anything
1: with this. <laughs> yeah, call him up. There you go. Slap him in that makeup and make him have it do
0: do his ice puns again. Um So there, there's some stuff going on with like a Russian hooker that yeah. the mayor was hooking up with. And then they find out that a lot of the police, uh, politicians, district attorneys are all in this club, which is below uh, the iceberg lounge called Forty Four Below. Yeah, and they're all hanging out with gangsters. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, everybody—the the district attorney's here, the yeah. the, the uh, bunch of cops, detectives, city council—everyone's just fully in with the gangsters.
0: And the Riddler has also killed now the police commissioner. The police commissioner, which that was also a horrifying scene. Yeah.
1: Oh, one thing I was going to mention was... It was like a straight out of Saw. Straight out of Saw. It was a con- like a contraption that got put on his head with two rats in it that were going to burrow into his face and kill him. <laughs> yeah, dude. And we sort of see a picture of it later, but it's it's kind of... Again, they had to keep this PG-13, and I think that would have catapulted it right into our territory. Oh, yeah. Um, it would not surprise me to find out later on that we're going to get... Or, you know, maybe on the Blu-ray, we get, like, the Reeves R cut of this. Because it looks like they shot it as an R-rated movie. And then they cut stuff to get it to PG-13.
0: There's one thing that happens in this movie we'll get to that I refuse to believe was anything less than studio interference. And it's one of the biggest gripes we both have with this. Oh, okay. Well, I think I know what it is. Yeah, (laughs) we'll we'll, we'll get to that. um, In the next scene, like Bruce is going to this funeral uh, for the mayor. We should make mention, too, that Bruce is... Kind of brutal with Alfred. He's a dick to Alfred. I was gonna bring that up. Absolute dick. He's just to him. straight up mean to
1: him. Yeah. He's like makes fun of him for not really being a member of the family. Yeah. Like, you
0: asshole. The guy yeah. raised you. There, there's a side of this character where the growth happens in this. Yeah. Where he is a rich kid. Yeah. And he doesn't really know the struggles of people that are just trying to make it. He, there, when he, there's a scene where he, when he goes around, right around
1: this time, where he goes to Selena Kyle's uh, apartment. And uh, sees a bill, a past due bill, on the table. And he looks like he's never seen that before. Because he probably hasn't seen that
0: before. Well, not only that, but he's seen her, like, I don't know. She's getting more drugs to do, to deal. She's trying to steal some money from the Penguin at one point. Yeah. And then there's one point where uh, we get our first shot of Falcone. <clears throat> he goes up to her and starts kind of rubbing her cheek. And I was thinking the same thing. Okay, yeah. he raped her or something. Absolutely. This is some kind of, yeah. you know. come to find out he's the mother of her but he's basically telling her you know for all intents and purposes uh, you're a filthy whore who yeah you know
1: and he knows it was a little unclear the first time but on (laughs) second viewing he knows he's her father Falcone does he does know that but he keeps it he doesn't say much about it he kind of keeps it on um, the DL. Right. I guess he doesn't want people to know or whatever. but Also, that was a nice surprise. I had no idea Falcon Falcone was going to be in this movie. And he's played he's uh, played by John Turturro. I think that's how you say his name. Turturro? Yeah. I don't know.
0: But he's fantastic. He's so good. Yeah, he redeemed himself from those Transformer movies. Was he in those? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Almost all of them. I only saw the first one on a plane. So. <clears throat> well, there you go. It was awful. Um, <laughs> um Yeah, so uh, we cut to this funeral scene where the guy, uh, the D.A., is trapped to a bomb. And they're trying to solve all these riddles and shit. And long story short, he ends up getting his head blown off. And this is our first kind of real exposure to the Riddler. And yeah, he's just completely insane. Completely bonkers. He looks like the Zodiac
1: Killer. It works. Um, also, this is one of those scenes where Batman should have absolutely died. I don't care how strong that bat suit is. Yeah. He takes a bomb. He, the bomb blows up. Right in front of Batman's face, and he's just sort of thrown backward. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like, all he does, does is, is get his punch. hands up. Like yeah. that's really gonna.
1: I thought he was gonna do something with like the like uh, the Schumacher thing did, where he would like take the cape and put it over him, and the cape would be bombproof or something. But no, he just gets he just gets obliterated by this bomb, but doesn't die.
0: Yeah, when he wakes up, he's in the police station. You know, and yeah. and um, he makes an escape by punching Jim Gordon in the face, and he goes up on the roof. Pulls his zipper thing down, and then he like, what's that thing called, dude? It's a, um, uh,
1: it's it's I think it's called a squirrel suit, and it's like, um, it's like a, it's like a it's a glider, it's a glider suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved I love that. I also one thing Batman. Do- I wanted to bring this up. It's a good time bringing up. One thing Batman doesn't do in this movie is just appear places. You actually see Batman going to places, which I like, because he has an interesting way of doing it. He sort of like covers himself up. Takes his mask off, puts like a hood on and a hat, and it's like he's in disguise, and then he goes from place to place. Right. In most Batman movies, he's just like, he's almost like Spider Man. He's just like flying around in between buildings all the time. That's just how he gets places. And in this scene, if it were a different movie, that's when he would have jumped right off, no problem, and just flown down with his cape.
0: Superhero
1: landing. Superhero landing. In this case, he looks like he's not happy about it, he doesn't look like he actually likes heights. But he, he quickly, it's I don't know how they rigged it up, but it was really cool how they did it. His cape sort of turns into this squirrel suit, and he just jumps off and sort of glides down through the city. And clearly should have died. And clearly should have died, because <laughs> he lands, he lands and, like, he smacks into the side of a bridge or something like that, or on top of a bus. And the next scene, he's on the roof talking to Gordon. Yeah, he's just, like,
0: he gets up and he just, like, drags his leg away, and the next scene, he's fine. And Jim Gordon's like, you could have pulled that punch, man. And he's like, I did. I did. I did pull that punch. So now they know
1: that everybody's kind of in on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. At this point, at this point, the clues are getting put together that that the cops and the mob and everybody else are sort of working together.
0: This leads us to uh, the scene at the Penguins' little factory where yeah. they're dealing drugs out of there. This is the scene when I went on the Reddit just to see everybody's reaction to this. This is the one where everybody lost their shit on. Oh yeah. And it's justifiable. Okay. Not lost their shit in a bad way. In oh, a good okay. way. Yeah, like, oh, They yeah. thought this was the absolute like cheer out loud moment. Yeah. This is our first glimpse of the Batmobile. And so the the penguin and everybody are like shooting guns at them. You shoot Batman, he's on the floor, and then he goes around the corner and Batman's gone. And then all of a sudden you hear, vroom! rum A loud vroom. And then you hear the jet just kind of and you just see the lights in the in the um uh, like a little uh, shadowy like area, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like he's down an alley. The Batman will park down an alley, basically. And
1: Penguin's just like shitting a brick. <laughs> yeah, he runs. He just takes off. He abandons his money. He abandons his men. He gets in his car. And the the um the first time he revs it, he stalls the car.
0: Yeah. And then <laughs> He has to start over. There are many times in this where like he gets things wrong, or he kind of yeah. gets his ass kicked a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or. It, but this is year two, Batman. Mm-hmm. So he's not the veteran that he will right. become. He's you still know, young. he's a kid. Right. Yeah. And, and I like that. They're they're kind of showing he's still kind of learning as he goes. He but was
1: still very um like I, he was very competent. I I like to see Batman be competent and yeah. do Batman-y things. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, he still you know he took took licks. He almost got shot in the face once. Yeah. Um. He made mistakes. He stalled yeah. his car. That's embarrassing. Um. Uh, I like that. Uh. uh clearly just a little personality thing is bruce wayne likes muscle cars when he goes to the funeral he's in a corvette and he's in a very he's in a classic corvette and when i saw that i was like oh this explains the batmobile he likes muscle cars so he just built himself a souped up muscle car to be his batmobile
0: what kind of car was the batmobile do you know i don't know what it was i think it was custom made from what i was reading it didn't
1: look like anything i recognized it's in the style of a muscle car obviously yeah um, i don't think it was anything
0: well because it's got that souped up engine but it's also got the flamethrower on the back, yeah. which is just a trademark of any Batman build. You, you have to have a flamethrower. It's fucking that. great, dude. It's great, yeah. I don't uh, know I what mean, it does, but it's awesome. <laughs> it's
1: and this so chase good. is fantastic. It's a really good chase.
0: And, and then the penguin's just, you know, he thinks he's got him. And this tanker blows up, but you see uh, Batman hit the um, the flame, uh, the, uh, the turbo on the back. Yeah. Um,
1: this was the one uh, like this was the most noticeable CGI thing that I saw and it fine because it's no it's impossible to do this for real but the the, uh, he does the thing where like trucks are flipping over and right as the Batmobile is about to launch up over this thing like three trucks just align perfectly to create like a ramp i think there's literally a ramp that like flies in yeah. Front of the yeah like a, a just, truck
0: ramp where that's they're it, yeah. cars
1: right and it just sort of like it lines perfectly as the batmobile's going up dude but it is fucking. i mean it's this great. is such a great visual and that uh the fire the car going through the fire stunt was not cgi that was all practical that was
0: real which is incredible penguins looking in the rearview mirror and the batmobile just comes flying through this fire dude Lands down and Penguin's just shitting himself, <laughs> and then he rams a penguin's car and it does about 7,000 flips in a the ton air. A of flips. As many flips as um, yeah, Joe Royale. Piscopo did in uh, Sidekicks at the end of the movie. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> this little callback to our last episode. I was thinking more
1: of the Aston Martin flip in Casino Royale, but yes. Fair enough. You know, obviously that was on my mind. Uh, but yeah, ton of flips, and uh, yeah. And then the, this was the trailer moment where we get Penguin upside down and, and the Batman stalking. That
0: beautiful score though is is revving this whole scene up, dun 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 yeah. dun, and he's walking slow, and it's from the Penguin's view, so he's upside down in the car, and it's just it's menacing, dude. There was a lot of uh, interesting camera angles in this. There
1: was a lot of just just nice sort of different ways that they shot it
0: have you seen any of matt reeve's previous films actually no okay he's done all the planet of the Apes films and they're all really good i heard they're excellent yeah um he 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 just has a knack for that dude like finding the right shots that just add the most to it you Mm -hmm. know what i mean any mark that's the mark of any good director
1: absolutely make it look it's my complaint i'm not gonna just shit on the marvel stuff too much but like it is my, one of my big complaints about those movies is they're just so like, everything just feels so paint by numbers, including how it's shot. They're just shot so boring. And this is, yeah, it was interesting. It was great to look at. This, and this scene is incredible.
0: Matt Reeves also did Cloverfield. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So he's p- great. There you go. He's got to have good perspectives for a movie just like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so One is like, he's kind of yucking it up right here, but it's, it works yeah. for the scene. And basically telling them they got this riddle wrong.
1: He's doing the... Again, he's not making jokes, but he's doing the gangster-like, I'm busting your balls sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. He, he's, he looks at uh, Batman and Gordon, he says, what is this, good cop, batshit cop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot, of, a lot of cussing in this movie, too. Yeah. Another thing to point out. We yeah. get several F-bombs. Uh, I think Batman says shit at one point. I don't think Batman's ever cussed in a movie before. Maybe Ben Affleck. He yeah, like, Affleck did. He seems
0: the cussy type. Um... So then this leads us to the orphanage, mm-hmm. where we find out that the Riddler is an orphan. Yeah. And he shows that this whole thing is revolving around the... Uh, the renewal fund. The renewal fund. It's the it's the uh, the Thomas Which, Wayne... Renewal fund. Renewal
1: fund uh, that he launched before he died. And by the way, Tom, we find out in this one that Thomas Wayne was running for mayor. Yeah. And... I have, so I have recently turned uh, 30, and I'm starting to occasionally have the, oh, I'm feeling a little old moments. And one hit me in this movie that was like, when I think of Thomas Wayne doing anything, I'm like, oh, he was around in the 70s. No, he was running for air in 2001. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I remember 2001. Yeah, <laughs> I graduated like a, high school. Yeah, this looks like a campaign ad I would have seen for real on television. Ah, interesting. Um, one, okay, I loved you said it there was nuance to this movie there was nuance to every character and yeah. what we find out is that thomas wayne was not the white knight of the city he was a good person he was a good person but he also did some bad things and so yes. it was kind of it, we're learning that there's layers to this cuz he's usually been portrayed as just a great just a great person a great doctor a philanthropist just yeah. perfect yeah um and in this we find out like no he's not and that makes sense he's a he's a billionaire in a crumbling city like of course he's got mob ties or whatever yeah um this is, this is something that this movie did I think extremely well that like I didn't like about I didn't like the movie Joker all that much and one thing I the thing I didn't like about it was that it had no nuance at all everything was just one dimensional and they did the same thing in Joker where they made Thomas Wayne kind of a villain but he wasn't a multi-dimensional villain he was just an asshole to everybody all the time and I was like this was, I don't want to see that this was more interesting
0: yeah um, yeah we find out that Thomas Wayne had ties to Falcone mm-hmm. uh and the Waynes and the Arkhams yeah. uh, are the ones that kind of built Gotham. Um, so then, at this point, they find out Bruce is another target. He's trying to get home, get Alfred's attention, but Alfred opens this letter and it blows him fucking sky high. I thought they were killing him off. I
1: thought they were too. I mean, that's how it looked. And Andy Circus was in the movie so little anyway that I was like, oh, did he, just, did he just get cold feet and not want to do this movie, so they just killed him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Alfred's in, uh, his character is kind of weird in this one. Not weird, he's just different. He's he's the butler, but not really. He's more like Bruce's. I get the sense that he was he was Thomas Wayne's
0: bodyguard
1: more than butler. Yeah, because he trained Bruce to fight. He, yeah, that's the one. That's the one clue we get to Batman's origins. This guess season. they're
0: not going to League of Shadows in this one. I no,
1: I guess not. Which I'm I'm fine with. We just we just did that. It's um... <laughs> Batman's not a super ninja in this one no yeah, well. uh, which I'm fine yeah, that's great too I mean yeah, uh, he is he is for sure yeah but that's what we find out is that, um, is that Alfred trained him apparently
0: so he's got a different relationship with him he tells Bruce because Bruce can conf- so I'll get through this quickly but he goes and confronts Falcone Falcone says you know Martha Wayne uh, had mental problems in and out of mental ward and they didn't want this shit getting out he, Thomas Wayne had asked this reporter to back off and then Falcone said that Wayne came to him to take care of it he wouldn't say no so they took care of it and killed the guy and then Marone is the other um, Maroney yeah. is the other uh, mob boss in town he was put away by somebody who ratted him out Yes, and they're trying to find out who this rat is in the entire movie yeah. um, this movie is really a, a mis- it's a mystery
1: yeah it's good it's a good mystery it's it it works. It's not the most detailed thing in the world, but it's good enough it works
0: so Alfred's suggesting that Thomas Wayne was horrified by Falcone killing that reporter was going to go to the police and confess and then that's why Bruce's parents were killed. but they leave it vague. you know it could be it's tweaker who knows
1: it well and it's in and what we find out is that Falcone killed the reporter intentionally. He intentionally went too far because then he would have something on Thomas Wayne. Correct. He wanted to have him in his pocket. He was never able to. So Mm -hmm. he finally got his opportunity. But yeah, it's never, we're never explicitly
0: told who killed his parents. There's, everybody has a guess. Uh, Towards the end, Selena um, finds out that, you know, this Russian hooker, what's her name? Annika, right? Annika. She gets her phone back and Annika was strangled to death which coincidentally Selena's mom was also strangled to death so now they're tying that to Falcone and she wants to go kill him. Batman is not the killing type in this movie. No. If it was Ben Affleck, he would have been in there with two fucking AKs. He would have just walked in with a machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> and just blown the place. Up. The Keaton Batman killed people too. Let's not make. They him... all. They all
1: did. That's yeah. the thing. It's like, and that's that's why I was saying the irony, the, the dissonance of like Batman doesn't kill people. It's like you just took down a building. <laughs> you think people weren't in there. You just blew up a building. Yeah. No, I don't kill. Yeah. you just killed a hundred people. Exactly. There's a if you haven't seen it, there's a college humor skit about this where Batman's like, no, they go to sleep. Like, no, Batman, you
0: just murdered a hundred people. No, they're sleeping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great. Uh, you know, so at the end, they mentioned, like, bring the rat into the light. Well, the rat is Falcone, they find out. And the police are all in his pocket. and He did this to corner the drug market. Yeah. So when they bring him out to arrest him, he's shot. They see the Riddler shoot him from across the street and go into his house. And it's a total incel Apartment. Oh,
1: totally. Uh, and this is where the movie turns into. Uh, uh, I don't even know what to call it. This
0: is very eerie. But this apartment reminds me of the Dark Knight killers apartment. I don't know if you saw the inside of that guy. The guy, the guy that went in and shot the Dark Knight theater up in Colorado. Oh, it looks really? just like it, dude. Ooh, yeah, that's weird. So they like, Ooh. oh, we saw him go across the street, and he's just sitting in the diner by himself. And this is where we get our first look at Paul Dano yeah. as. Um, they didn't call him Edward Nigma in this. I guess I wish they would be too on the nose. <laughs> oh, I, li- I, I,
1: I would have liked that though.
0: But they leave it vague that that might not be his real name. Yeah, whatever they, yeah, they said has, it was. He has
1: multiple IDs. And right. they, they land on Ed Nashton. Yeah. And they say he's a, like a forensics accountant or something like that. I love the idea that our super criminal has a day job. I think that's great actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they they leave it vague enough to where maybe he'll be Edward Nigma later he's on. I hope he is.
0: Absolutely unhinged though. And that's just true. a masterful performance. And they have this scene with Batman and him um, at Arkham and uh, it really rivals the Batman-Joker interrogation scene in the Dark Knight. It's oh, yeah. close. I would say that the Dark Knight one is probably better still. I think it's still better. I think
1: it's it's down to that Heath Ledger performance. I mean, he's just acting his ass off. But This is close. It's very good. It's very good. It, this is also less of an interrogation and more of a monologue. True. Um, and it's, it's great because Batman doesn't know what he's talking about at first because the Riddler is saying Bruce Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. And he's like, how does he know it's me? And then he keeps talking and he realizes, oh, he just hates Bruce Wayne. He doesn't know I'm Bruce Wayne. He thinks
0: Batman is also an orphan and they're working together to take down everybody.
1: And one thing that gets brought up a lot in this movie, one of the themes is the, it's said multiple times, the sort of cheesy, we're not so different, you and I line, gets brought up a lot, but and Riddler says it here, but he's actually not wrong. They they are. They're they're kind of doing the same thing. Riddler only kills people connected to this fake drug bust. He only kills bad people or people he perceives to be bad.
0: They're doing this shit again though in these Hollywood movies where almost the conspiracy theorist is right. Yeah, I know. It's it's like, "Hey, stop making them the heroes." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stop dude. doing that.
1: The the guy the, the the end of the movie, the climax of the movie, Batman fights Riddler Followers basically, although they are literally regular followers. Like and subscribe, um, <laughs> but they're definitely not portrayed as being reasonable or right or whatever. But he kind of is portrayed as, Oh, well, I'm just doing the same thing you're doing, just in a different way. Yeah,
0: but I think the performance lends to the unhinged part of oh, yeah. him. And, and he says Batman inspired him, mm-hmm. yeah, to, to be this kind of guy, you know. And this is where you st- Batman starts to see the effect he's having, and he brings this up later, yeah. but um.
1: But I, I, I agree, this is one of those Hollywood things where it's like, the, cons- the cons- like, do the conspiracy
0: theorists have a point? This is full on 4chan because they show yeah. Riddler's followers, he's got 500. And there's people, you see the screen names and it's like, ready for war yeah. and fucking war machine. Yeah. And, and they're asking about guns and all these kinds of I'll things. i bring the ammo, I, found
1: the, 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 I read the whole thing. Uh, because we had, it was the second time seeing the scene, yeah. so I could I was just reading all the all the stuff and yeah, yeah. The comments were like, "What kind of ammunition are you going to bring?" Like it's crazy stuff you would see on 4chan. 4chan, yeah, the dark corners of the internet. It's
0: before uh, this happened. Before those people in New Zealand went and shot all those people a few years back. Yeah, you're right. It Same was, shit. It was
1: broadcast live on 4chan. Yeah, and
0: Riddler's yeah. like, please, thanks for liking and subscribing. He and- literally does
1: the internet guy voice where he sits down. He's like, hi guys, welcome to another episode of The Riddler. Yeah. not go that far. But basically, yeah. we were sitting in the theater laughing and being like, is he going to say like and subscribe? <laughs> he's going to have an ad break in the middle.
0: Batman uncovers his plot and he's put seven vans around the seawalls of Gotham and blows them all up. So everything's flooding now to the mayor-elect celebration. Yeah. There's a new mayor, which, by the way, she's a black woman. Mm, They didn't make a big fucking deal about it or, you know, nuance. Yeah, again nuanced film if, if this was any other Locked like going on standard hollywood movie she'd be like as the first black female president <laughs> you know and then kick the other mayor in the dick you're right <laughs> bah, 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 bah. let's go girls <laughs> yeah they didn't do any of that no none of that it, it just
1: was, was yeah it just it was just it was just a thing and it was
0: fine and she's no shit you know she's like i'm gonna do the right thing i'm going yeah. out there and immediately get shot. There's shooters on top of the roof, though. And they're causing chaos in this fucking scene, dude. And these are the
1: Riddler followers. These are the these are his disciples. This, mm, I got goosebumps. This Me too. scene is so good. That
0: lump, that, that, I talk about this often. That lump in your throat and, like, you're the goosebumps that you want from a movie like this. All of a sudden, they look up at the roof and it's a glass roof. And it's just like, boom, 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 boom. boom and the whole roof blows up and Batman comes flying down. He's throwing grappling hooks everywhere, throwing the guys off, beating the shit out of everybody. And it's just circling around in yeah. the shot. It's a great action setup. So fantastic, dude. As soon as I saw that glass roof,
1: I was like, I think I know what's going to happen and I hope I'm right. And I was. Yeah. It, it happened. And I was like, yes.
0: Because one of the most iconic scenes to me growing up was Batman breaking through that museum glass in the original Batman. Absolutely, yeah. This is a thousand times better.
1: Oh, for sure. And the, the one I always think of, because I just watched it more as a kid, is the one in Batman forever. He does the same thing. It's in uh, Two Faces Party or whatever, where he flies down, but it's the same concept. right? Batman flying down from the glass. And it's, right. just, it's always, they've done it a million times. It's such a cool shot. Um, and they, this one might be the best. They really nailed this one, it's, it's, it's good.
0: So at the end of this, he stops the, the guys and then he's beating the shit out of this dude on the ground and the guy says, who are you? And he goes, my name's Vengeance. Batman looks at him like, oh fuck. Yeah. I'm influencing this. Mm-hmm. He flies over and cuts this electrical cord and electrocutes himself and just immediately gets back up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh! He skipped over one thing. After he's done beating everyone up, he finally takes a full shotgun blast to the gut and he gets. in he's he's about to die and he gets saved by Catwoman, and he's ba- he's down for the count. And then his way of reviving himself is he he it looks like. I'm going to say adrenaline or yeah. something like that. He just injects into his leg. He has like a hole in his bat suit. Like a port. For, uh, he has a port that goes straight into his leg that he just shoots up into himself and just immediately gets just a massive bolt of energy and almost beats a guy to death. Um, and then realizes, oh,
0: maybe yeah.
1: I'm going too far here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But what, this scene was great too um, mm-hmm. because he goes down, puts the flare up, and he's holding his hand out, and you can tell people are scared of him. The first one to grab his hand is that little boy who lost his dad yeah. and he felt for. Then the mayor grabs his hand and he's helping people. It's fucking great, dude. It's a really uplifting scene. It is. And it's, it's nice to see
1: superheroes do superhero stuff, you know, occasionally, like like basic stuff. I feel like in a lot of the, you know, of what I've seen in a lot, like a lot of the Marvel movies, these guys aren't really, they don't do that kind of stuff. They fight aliens and they make quips, but they don't really just like, you know, I don't know, help people just regular people.
0: Yeah. Um, and it was nice to see that here. He says at the end, you know, I have can see that I've made a difference here, but not the one I was anticipating. Meaning he's kind of influenced some of these villains. Yeah. And he says, I need to be, uh, you know, a symbol of hope, that, a symbol that, or somebody people can count on, you know, to right. be there. He's holding the girl's hand as they're sky lifting her out. So here comes a scene where there's clearly, the studios are like, you got to put this in here. This was,
1: this, this movie is a ten, like a 10 out of 10 for me. But this is the one scene where I was just like, oh, come
0: on. Riddler is in Arkham Asylum, and you hear somebody talking to him. You kind of see through the glass, and he's, he looks disfigured. So I thought maybe this was Two-Face at first. He looks like he's got something going on. But then he starts talking about clowns, and he starts laughing. It's clearly the Joker. Im- Im- you realize it immediately. Now, I don't know if this means that Batman has already went up against the Joker... And he's in Arkham? He, right, that's the, how I took it. So maybe that was just a little Easter egg for everybody. Maybe. You know, I
1: wouldn't hate it. Okay, my thing is, obviously, Joker is iconic Batman villain. If you're going to do a Batman series, you got to have him around eventually. Sure. I was kind of hoping they'd put him... We've just had so much Joker stuff. Save him we for need. the third one, dude. Save him for the third. Maybe they'll do that, though. Maybe what they so. could do is... Okay, we've got our little teaser of the Joker in this one. He's around. Maybe we'll get another little piece of him in the next one, and then he escapes at the end of the next one or something like that, and Batman's got to take care of it. In the third. Save it for that. I'm, I'd be fine with that. I was just like, okay, like we've had, well, we've had like
0: five live action Jokers. They kind of return to the kingness a bit at the end. A lot of false finishes. A lot of false finishes. I almost feel like it would have ended better with that Joker scene, but they show Selena and him at the end, and Selena goes her separate way, and Batman goes his separate way. Look, this movie's fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. There's really not a lot to pick on here. Um, you want to wrap up your final thoughts here? Yeah.
1: Um, I agree that maybe that was studio interference with the with the Joker. Clearly, they want to set up a sequel, but it's a Batman movie. You don't have to set up a sequel because as long as he doesn't die, it's implied that there's going to be a sequel. Yeah. As long as Batman doesn't die and it makes a billion dollars, there's definitely going to be a sequel. Yeah. Um, I have very little to complain about. It's, it's great. Uh, Batman left everyone alive at the end of this. I really like that. Again, it reminded me a lot of the cartoon where... Most of the villains end up in Arkham Asylum. That's just how they, that's their end. Batman doesn't brutally murder them like he does in some of these movies. So I kind of enjoyed that, that the Penguin's out there, you know, ascending. We get a final shot of him implying that he's going to try to take over the empire now. Yeah. Uh, the crime empire. Um, Riddler is maybe going to make a comeback. I I really liked how it ended. I thought it was great. So this movie's fantastic. I, yeah. I, it's, it's maybe my new favorite Batman movie. I, it's this and the Dark Knight fighting it out in my head.
0: It this absolutely is for me. I think this is perfect blend of grounded, with also making it the most comic booky Batman we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. The performances are great all the way across. Robert Pattinson kills it as Batman. He's he's great. They've got the gadgets. They've got the the detective. They've got the ninja. Um, just the ultimate like the criminals are terrified of this guy. They really portrayed that well, but also making him a hero at the end that that the people can get behind. Yeah. He's not the enemy like he was in all the Nolan films. He was always the enemy in the Nolan films. I love The Dark Knight, but the
1: ending where he's just... He he ends the movie as the most hated person in Gotham. I never understood that logic.
0: I can't see any movie this year uh, beating this as my favorite of
1: the year. Just based on everything that I see coming out, I, I can't possibly imagine that,
0: no. Yeah. So, this podcast, you know, we're pretty much only going to do current movies when the mood strikes us. I, I don't have any schedule or any kind of plans for anything like that going forward but i'm glad we saw this Mm, oh yeah um and uh fuck go see it That's, that's all i can say if yeah fantastic we loved it so much we went back all right we'll see you on the next one